Hello, leaders, and welcome to Connections, the podcast. This is where we all sit down with some of our friends and talk about how God wants to use us to lead the women in our community to be better women, mothers, and leaders. Uh, I'm Kelly Jordan, and I'm here today with Sherry Crandall. Hello, Sherry. How are you today? Hey, Kelly. I'm doing well. How are you? I am great, and uh, I'm really excited about the conversation that we're going to have. We're going to talk directly to our mentors today. And we are in such an odd time in the world. I just, there aren't even words to describe it. It's just, it changes every day. There's something new, a new information that we're trying to process and accept and adjust to that it is just, I keep hearing everybody say it's unprecedented and it absolutely is. Yeah, I think I've heard that word so many times, like it's unprecedented. We have to pivot. We have to reframe. Like I've heard that over and over and over because it's changing so quickly and I would agree. And so today we're going to have an awesome opportunity to really speak to our mentors who right now, uh, I think their job is always super important within the context of mops and in life in general to have a good mentor. But now when there's a lot of uncertainty or anxiety, uh, the role that the mentor can bring to the MOPS mom, and I just think it's critical. So I'm excited to be here and and kind of talk through some of those things with you. It is critical. And I just, we have such an opportunity in front of us to support other women uh, through just this amazing time. And it's just an opportunity that I don't want us to miss. And it's very easy sometimes to say, well, that doesn't really matter. That's not making a difference or I'm going to focus on something else. But I feel like we were called to be mentors in this time in the world for a really specific reason. And at MOPS, we talk a lot about uh, mentoring and that there are three things that a mentor does. We show up, we show up where we're needed to listen and to pray we speak up, we speak truth and love into the lives of other people. And then we stand up, we stand up as a supporter and an advocate for those that we mentor. And so we get an opportunity to do that in a really unique way right now. So I want us to look at those three things and see in very practical terms, how do we mentor in the midst of a pandemic when physical, distancing is the norm. And so how do we make it work even in the midst of what we're living in today? Because I don't think that our, the cultural issues that we're facing right now is an excuse for us to be able to walk away and say, this doesn't matter anymore. It matters even more, I think, today than it did a month ago when all of this started. I would agree. I think we have reached this point where uh, people are looking for their leaders to lead. And I think they're looking for their mentors that they trust and love to mentor them during this time. And I had said something to a group I was speaking to yesterday about none of us get a pass. Like nobody gets to just go to sleep and sleep through coronavirus quarantine and then come out and be like, hey, everybody, we're going to the movies. What are we doing? Like we all have to show up and participate in this time in history, in this time in our life with our families, and also with the people that God has entrusted to our care. And that's our role as mentors is to show up. So we don't get the pass to not do anything. I think we have to decide 
what we have the bandwidth for, but we still, we have to show up and leaders need to lead, which means mentors need to mentor. Right. I think that the very first thing that we have to talk about is in this day, in this time in history, we feel like we're surrounded by disappointment. We're surrounded by cancellations and changes and adjustments that we have to make to our norm. And, you know, you and I, we both have seniors in college, plus you have a senior in high school too. Every day there is some new milestone event in their life that's been canceled. And we have to figure out, okay, we can't just skip over it. We have to acknowledge it. So how do we make graduation work when you can't be in the same room? And so uh, early on in this whole pandemic, I read a blog from John Acuff and he said, you have to fully embrace disappointment so that you can fully embrace joy. And so I think we have to be willing to say, yeah, I'm super disappointed. Yeah, it's this... um... I, I was listening to, because you and I both are huge podcast lovers, and I was listening to one the other day that said that heaviness that you're feeling, that like I can't get out of this funk feeling, it's actually grief. And it's tied directly to the disappointment of all the things that we feel that we're missing out on. And how important that is, because grief has like this process, right, that you have to go through. And I think first just acknowledging the fact and then allowing those girls that we're mentoring to have a safe place to say, this is terrible. I'm so sad that this has happened. And like you said, we both have seniors in college. My daughter's prom was canceled yesterday. She's a violinist that plays in the orchestra and she's worked really hard to be in the chamber orchestra and all of their concerts are canceled. We don't know if they'll have a graduation. So you're right, just being able to say to someone like, that makes me sad. These are things that your kids have worked for or um, even little, even little kids. You know, I was talking to someone with a kindergartner the other day and she said, my son loves school so much that every day he wakes up and says, can we go back to school? And then he cries every day. So just letting her say that to me, that's hard for her. You know, Um, it's equally as hard for her to tell her kindergartner, no, he can't bring show and tell when he was so excited to bring show and tell as it is for my daughter to say, no, you don't get to wear your prom dress and go to prom. So giving someone that space, that freedom to say, I'm disappointed and, right. and you're grieving it. Mm-hmm. And I think we tend to start that conversation with, I know in the grand scheme of things, this isn't as important when you think of what COVID-19 is. Um, and that's true, but missing out on her prom, missing out on show and tell in kindergarten is a big deal. It is. And so I think we need to be able to acknowledge, I think we need to do it for ourselves first as mentors. It has to start with us dealing with the things that we're disappointed about with the fear, the anxiety that we might be feeling ourselves um, for family members or for ourselves. We have to deal with that first and then we can help other people deal with it as well. And I are both uh, part of, you know, our leadership team. And so I'm really encouraging everybody to set aside like an hour to do a self check-in. And what that looks like is just taking inventory, like what am I doing well in my life? And what am I really struggling with right now? Because I think if you look back, you'd be like, wow, I nailed that this week. This went really well. And then there's other things that you're like, oh, that was not good. That did not go well. So 
take inventory and then manage your feelings and expectations first before you talk about it, blog about it, you know, podcast about it so that you are able to manage your own feelings before you're able to take on somebody else's feelings. And I think that's super important right now. How are you managing yourself so that you're investing well in you and then you can invest well in other people? Right. Okay. So what is something you nailed this week? What's something you just managed really well? Dinners. Oh, that's the same thing I was going to say. I'm killing it. I am so killing it. <laughs> like I, <laughs> congratulations. I, made, I know. Same to you. I made up this awesome, just like chicken dish where I threw chicken breasts and all the little veggies that I had. And I just made up all these seasonings, put it in one pan, which this will tell you how old I am. A pampered chef pan that is the like, best. oh my gosh. Right. It lasts forever. The baker that seasons itself. So it's like, you know, an iron skillet, but it's in the Yeah, and we are not sponsored by Pampers. No, we're not. In any way. But girls, this is awesome. So make good stuff. I put all the seasoning on it, just made it up, just was throwing stuff in there, baked it for an hour. It was so good. (laughs) I was just like, yes. So I'm trying to cook every night. And honestly, now that I don't have a 45-minute commute, I really am. I'm, I'm making healthy dinners. And so I think I really nailed that. Good job. If we're talking about how do we show up in the lives of others, so we start first with a little self-care. Yes. And just managing our own expectations, our own disappointments, uh, realistic plans, just managing all of those. But how else can we show up in the lives of women when we can't physically show up? And honestly, I really miss that. That's what I miss is sitting across the table during a MOPS meeting or at a coffee shop or something like that. Um, and being able to look in the eyes of another woman and just say, you know, how are you doing? How are things going? I miss that. And so how can we still show up even though we can't be in the same room? Yeah, that's such a great question because I, I too, I really am missing that more than I thought that I would. And I'm very much an extrovert. So for those of you who know me, I love people and I love to be around people and I'm a hugger. So I like to touch and hug and like, yay, be with you. And so this has been hard. And even my friends who are really introverts, they're saying the same thing. It does feel isolating. So how can you do that? Well, right now you're just hearing our voices, but I'm actually looking at Kelly because we're doing this via Zoom. So I can look in her eye. I can read her body language. I can see a smile on her face. I can see her shoulders move when she laughs, whatever that is. I think right now we live in the best time to be able to be in a quarantine. I know as weird as that sounds, but I'm really working hard to like FaceTime. Uh, We set up a family Zoom yesterday. So honestly, it took me all day to help my mom learn how to use Zoom. (laughs) That's a whole nother story, but she did it. And so she and my dad showed up last night to the family Zoom meeting and our little nieces were in the back and they're everybody singing and laughing and talking and we got to see each other and I think we can do that now with all the technology that we have. I have another friend who's writing personal notes and cards to people so when they go to their mailbox they're opening it and they see her handwriting and she has beautiful distinctive handwriting Mm -hmm. and I think you know right away that you got this note from her and so that's another beautiful way to show up I have other people who are like sending flowers or dropping fun things off on the porches. 
And people are a little nervous about that. Like maybe we shouldn't be dropping things off on other people's porches. So if you're uncomfortable with that, I understand. But I think there's just some really cool ways that we can still have deliveries being made and we can do face-to-face in a unique and creative way. Right. I think also we have to show up where the moms are showing up. So they're showing up on social media. They're using Facebook. They're using Instagram far more now. Um, Things like TikTok. We need to show up where they are. So maybe that means that you're on Facebook and you're commenting on their posts. If they say something that's really funny or you see that they post something that they have just done really, really well, um, like a picture of their dinner, (laughs) you jump in there and you say, congratulations, great job. Um, If you see some something where maybe they're struggling a little bit, you send them a private message and say, hey, I saw this. What can I do for you? How can I pray for you? What do you need right now? And I did see that on somebody's Facebook page today where all she did was say, what do you need? Do you need somebody to send you silly gifts? Do you need somebody to pray for you? Um, Do you need a Bible verse? What do you need? And so I think we need to show up a little bit about, uh, show up in the places where they are showing up. And that's where they're finding community a lot is on social media. So we need to show up there. Absolutely. And I would say that our younger moms do that so well. And I think we've tried really hard to show up there. I I know you have, and I have been making videos and putting them up on social media. Last week, I offered to pray for people if they just wanted to give me a direct message. And I was blown away by the people. There was over a hundred people that reached out to me and asked for very specific prayer. And it wasn't something they felt comfortable sharing like in the feed, but they felt really comfortable sharing it with me individually. And I also saw someone that I know quite well, actually, um, who's a younger mom with four kids. And she posted something on somebody else's and I saw it and it just screamed, I'm struggling. So what I did was I just sent her a text and said, hey, if I'm out of line, I understand, but I care. I love you. And what I read, I think you're struggling. Is everything okay? And she called me like right away. Like I sent the text and my phone started ringing and she was crying and she said, yes, I'm struggling. And I think I put that out there to just say I'm struggling and you saw it. So pay attention. Like we have to be super aware right now of those around us, especially the moms that have you know, been entrusted to our care as a mentor mom. Be aware of their feelings and, and what they're struggling with and then just be available to the best of your ability. Be available to show up. Right. The fact is that women, especially women with young children, and honestly though, I think this is probably true no matter how old your kids are because I still feel the same way and I have adult children. Um, is that women just want to be seen. Yes. Um, they want to be acknowledged. And even now when the only way you can see me is to look through my window, you know, I still want to be seen. And so that's why we talk on social media. That's why we put stuff out there. That's why we put pictures and, and silly games. And that's why we post on other people's things because we want to be seen. And so we can show up by seeing those women. And by acknowledging what we see. Um, you talked uh, just for a minute about praying. Um, can you tell us about the 316 prayer thing that you kind of started yes. a couple of weeks ago, I think? I did. So two weeks ago, I woke up with this idea because, you know, part of my job at MOPS is to oversee all of the global leaders. 
and just sort of our strategy of how we show up in the world. And so I woke up, I started reading my Bible, and I just was overwhelmed with the sense that just very simple, God so loved the world. And we right now are showing up in the world as MOPS leaders. And so I had this idea that if everybody set their phone alarm for 3.16 p.m. their local time, which meant, you know, somebody, when I'm asleep, it's 3.16 their time because of the time difference around the world. So set your alarm and show up at 3.16 p.m. and pray for people around the world. And I've just been blown away by the response of people actually doing it, sending pictures, asking for prayer requests, and they're really praying for each other at 3.16 p.m. So if you're just hearing about this for the first time, I would ask you to join us, set your alarm, and then just pray at 3.16 p.m. Right, and we're, we're recording this, and right now it is 3.08 for me. So I just went in and turned off my alarm <laughs> so that it wouldn't go off here in just a minute. Um, but I think you pray for whatever God leads you to pray for. And it yes. could be that that's when you pull out the list of women that are part of your MOPS group and just pray over them specifically. Uh, you talked about at one point, if you weren't sure what to pray for, spin the globe and wherever your finger lands, pray for that country. Um, so I think the things to pray for are massive. I mean, we could come up with all kinds of things to pray for. That yes. isn't the problem. The thing is we have to remind ourselves to do it. So I'll tell you what I love when my little alarm goes off at 316 and I, I really too. have started, I stop what I'm doing and normally go out on my porch and just take a few minutes. And I don't, I don't spend an hour. I spend maybe 10 minutes um, just praying specifically for whatever God puts on my mind at that moment. And so I think that that is one of the biggest things that we can do is to pray for the women in our group and then listen to what God might want us to do for those particular women. Um, because I think when we ask him, what can I do for this person? He's going to show us something. And so we just have to listen and then be willing to act on it. So uh, those are all great ways for us to show up in the lives of women even yes. today. Uh, the next thing that we talk about is that we get the opportunity to speak up. Uh, we get to speak the truth in love to uh, the women that are around us. We get to celebrate what they're doing well. We get to encourage the things that they're trying to do well. And sometimes we have to speak a little bit of hard truth. But whatever that looks like, we get to speak into the lives of women. And if you're a mentor, women are listening to what your life is speaking, whether you're paying attention to it or not. And so I think it's important for us to be aware that the things that we say and the things that we do are being watched. And we have to be um, in a good place. You talked about that before, that we have to do a little self-check to say, okay, are the words that I'm saying um, encouraging and are they life-giving and hope-filling? Um, rather than fear-driven. And that's what I see so much now is there's just fear, fear of the unknown, fear of the fact maybe I'll never get out of my house again. And we know that we will. <laughs> we know we will. But there's just this fear of I don't know when, and I don't know what it's going to look like between now and that time when we can all come, over our, come out of our houses. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I think every day when you watch the news reports and some days feel very bleak and very scary and 
speaking up might look differently. Not everyone is outspoken or feels comfortable like always sharing something verbally, but I think speaking up looks um, different for each person. And when I said like nobody gets a pass, this is where you don't get a pass. Like you've earned the right because you are in their life. So you've earned the right to speak into their life. And so what does that look like? Um, I think right now you can help uh, your younger moms deal with their anxiety. I think you can help them deal with kids under their feet and maybe husbands that have lost their jobs. Um, I know for myself, like I'm a little bit older and we've gone through some of those things as a family. So Rusty and I've been through, uh, you know, financial downturns in other times in our history and we got through them. And so you can encourage them. Speaking up really to me uh, looks like encouragement it doesn't necessarily mean this like great words of wisdom and all the things that you've learned and you can share. I think speaking up just means encouragement. So you had mentioned before, like if you see something, acknowledge it like that was great. So often I, I know myself, even speaking of social media, you'll see something and you're like, Oh, that's adorable. And you just keep scrolling. So now let's really see each other by like, make that like, make that comment, say, hey, this is awesome. I loved how you did that. You know, speaking up could just be words of encouragement for them right now. My son is a, is a pastor at my church and he did a thing for the students this week. They're doing a, a midweek live where they go live on YouTube. And um, he was teaching a lesson. He was talking about Romans 12, 12 that says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction and faithful in prayer. And so he encouraged these teenagers sometime during the week to share that verse with someone else, whether it was through a text or through Facebook. And, and he encouraged them. He said, take 10 minutes and just start scrolling through whatever social media you used. And if you see something, stop you and you can, somebody you can encourage, stop and just send them that verse. And so he gave them a very specific verse to use. I think that the, we know that there are uh, hundreds of verses in scripture that deal with fear. And so just sharing that when we're scrolling through other people's comments is just to throw out there a verse or to just share what you're learning in your own time. What did you learn today as you were reading God's word or as you were praying? What did you learn that you can share with somebody else? And how can you share it? Uh, we talked, you know, we talk a lot about social media. I, I love the good old fashioned snail mail letter. Just write it out and just say, you know, I was thinking about you today. There is nothing like getting something in the mail that starts with, I was thinking about you today. Yes. Or even a text that says, I was thinking about you. That just makes you feel good without even reading another word. Just that phrase means a lot. What I love about sharing these verses is, for me, I had talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but I just started reading Psalms again because um, in uncertain times, I just find such comfort in that. And so I'm sharing different uh, psalms with people. And so it's not like my wisdom, it's God's word. And so I find that there's a lot of comfort in that and also just sharing what I'm learning. So I've kind of showed people how I circle words of encouragement that I find in the psalms where I underline God's promises or where it talks about his character and who he is. And it's such raw, honest emotion, the book of Psalms. 
And so I love to just share that with people because that's what I'm learning, but also because I think God's word speaks a lot better than what I can come up with on my own. So that's just another really great way. I think that we can mentor uh, people, not only that are younger than us, but also spiritually how you can mentor people as well. We need to take the opportunity we have now to speak up. If we think something encouraging and positive and life-giving, say it out loud. If it comes into your head, say it out loud, whether it's in a text or a comment or in a card or a phone call. Um, now, if it comes into your head and it's not encouraging, the opposite is true. Right. Um, think about it a little bit before you share it out loud. There is so much information coming at us from every direction that it's hard to sort it all through and to figure out what is true and what is not. And so if you're not sure that it's true, and if it's not encouraging, then it really shouldn't come from you until you can say yes to those things. Do I know it's true? And is it encouraging? Yeah, that's great guidelines. I would say we should all put that into practice, even not when we're in a quarantine, but especially when we're going through difficult times. And, you know, the crazy thing about this whole experience, Kelly, is that the whole world is experiencing this right now, right? So it's not just Mops Moms, or it's not just Colorado, or it's not just Missouri. Like it is the whole world is in the middle of this. And there's something really powerful, I think, and unifying in that. And how will you show up? How will you stand up? How will you do that? Because we all are going to be leaving a legacy and especially during this time. And so I think it's up to you what that's going to be. Right. And I think that jumps right into the, the last thing that we have, and that is standing up as a supporter and, and an advocate for moms to say, okay, the things that moms are going to hear from me are going to be things that I know are encouraging or that I know are true, that I know will be helpful to them, that I know will make them smile or um, bring a little joy into their day or point them back to Jesus. Um, that things that I know are going to fill their hearts and their minds with faith over fear. Fear is a real thing, and, and it's not something that we can just say, okay, I'm not going to be afraid anymore. You need to fill that spot that's now filled with fear. You need to fill it with something else. So fill it with faith. Fill it with the words of God that are true about how he cares for us and how he's going to protect us, how he's going to provide peace, and, and he's going to provide everything that we could possibly need. So fill the space with those kind of thoughts so that fear's kind of pushed out. And we get a chance to do that by just sharing what we know and the things that we've experienced and the things that we have found to be true um, because we've walked with God a little longer than the people that we're supporting, than the people that we're mentoring. There are so many repercussions from this pandemic that that I think we'll see and we'll hear for a long time. I think that marriages will either be strengthened or not during it. Parenting will either become a stronger parent or not during it. I think we won't just sit stagnant. We feel like we're just hanging out waiting for whatever's gonna come next. But those relationships that we live in, our relationship with God and with our family, those aren't gonna be stagnant. They're gonna change. But the question is, are they gonna change for the better or not? And as a mentor, we get to say, okay, let's make sure that we're doing things that will help it change for the better. I had someone ask me this question the other day, and I think it's a great way to stand sort of in 
the gap because I think that's what we're doing right now as mentors. There's this, you know, social distancing of six feet and we're not supposed to be next to each other. Um, however, I think you can visually see yourself being just side by side with that person because they need you right now. And it might not be in a physical sense, but they can still feel you in that. And a friend of mine asked me, she said, when this is all over, what are something that you want to take into the future? Like, what do you want that you're doing now that you think that is really good? Kind of like we talked earlier, like, what are you nailing? What are you doing? That slowing down process or that time with God or that time of really connecting with your friends or the people you're mentoring. What do you want to carry forward? And I think that's what mentors get to do. We get to reach out our hand and say, hey, grab my hand, even if it's virtual. I'm here to support you. But more importantly, I'm going to be here when this is all over. And so how you show up and how you stand in the gap right now will really dictate the relationships as we move out of this. And so it's really my prayer that we all learn in this and that we don't just survive it, but kind of what we've talked about the last year that we can thrive because you can, you can still really be doing things well in this time and well enough to the degree that you'd like to like take it into the future. And so I'm hoping these relationships that we're building as mentors are ones that our girls can look back and say, you know what, this was so tough. But my mentor mom, even though she couldn't be there and, and maybe she wasn't there every day or whatever that looked like, but she was so there that she'll look back and be able to say, my mentor showed up so well for me. And that's what helped get me through a pandemic. To know that um, MOPS, that your MOPS group was there before the pandemic started and your MOPS group will be there when it's all over and you get to gather together in the same room again. But MOPS is still there in the middle too because MOPS is all about relationship and it's about connecting. And so it doesn't, we've used this phrase a lot where we say it doesn't really matter how we gather, it's that we do gather. Yes. It doesn't matter how you connect. It just matters that you do connect. And there are a lot of ideas out there for how to connect with other people. And we tell leaders the same thing we're going to tell mentors. You don't need to do all of them. Don't take all of these ideas that you get and say, okay, I have to do every one of these. Let's be realistic about what's going on right now. Let's be realistic about what our home life looks like. A lot of us are working from home when we never have before and our husbands are working in the next room or our kids are working in the next room or playing underneath the desk, all of these different things. So let's be realistic about where we are, but um, let's pick a couple of things that you think I could do this. But I think my challenge to you is also pick something that you didn't do before. Like if you have never used a virtual Zoom room or any kind of way that you can gather that way, try it. Just see how it goes. Um, if you weren't one that showed up on Instagram very often, start doing that. So choose one thing that you've never done before. It's good for you to learn something new, but use that as a way to reach out. Um, but don't feel like you have to do everything because that just, isn't, that just doesn't work for us, most of us. Well, it doesn't, and it goes back to that self-aware piece. Like you have to know yourself well to know your bandwidth of what you can do and what you can actually add to your plate right now. So we're not here to say, do these 10, 15, 20, 30 things, and you'll be a great mentor. No, we're just saying, be you, because you is good enough. 
right? How God has wired you and all the experiences that you've already had up to this moment in time prepare you perfectly for the people that you are loving on and that you get the opportunity to speak into their lives. So it doesn't have to be grandiose. It doesn't have to be this, you know, follow these 10 steps. It just has to be authentic, be you and show up. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited for the opportunities we have in front of us. And I just want to encourage everybody to really take advantage of this time to really show up well uh, for those sweet moms in your group. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to wrap this up with a couple of challenges. First of all, your challenge that you said earlier was to set aside an hour for a self-check. So do that. Um, In the next couple of days, just set aside an hour to think through how am I managing the emotions and the disappointment and the adjustments that have come along with this pandemic? How am I managing? Because that's the first step to being able to help others manage. So that's our first challenge. I encourage you to come and talk to us about it. Um, Find Sherry or me on um, social media. Uh, We also watch the the mentor page, the, the MOPS mentor page on Facebook. And so just talk about it there. And then my second challenge is to open yourself up a little bit. Uh, Don't wait for the women in your group to come to you, to come and say, hey, could you help me with this? Be the one that goes to them and says, what can I do for you? What do you need today? And then do what God leads you to do to support those women. So those are our challenges for you today. So as we wrap up today, let me just say, Remember that very often the difference between surviving and thriving as a leader is just our willingness to step up, learn something new, or do something different. So let's do those things together because this is still our year to thrive.